This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Hello, it's the Crystal Palace Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. You're with me, Johnny Burrow and James Howard and Dr. Kernaz of Back of the Nest. And lads, do you want the good news or the bad news? <laughs> bad news all yeah, over. Bad news. bad news. Okay, well, this is going to this breaking. You're not going to have heard anything about this, so steal yourselves. Aaron Wan-Bissaka's gone to Man United. 50 million quid. Are you shocked? Wow, you know, that's that's it. That's the news of the week, isn't it? Exactly. It's not like we we've been talking about this average win back for the last couple well, of Well, you know what, lads? On this show, we did our absolute best. We kept this quiet. And frankly, the fact that Manchester United scouts managed it, despite our subterfuge, I'm quite impressed. I, we obviously didn't do a very good job at it, that's for sure. Maybe. It was 50 million, so that was... Yeah, you've, good, you've, yeah, got, you've got decent money. In just a moment, we're going to talk about whether you're happy with the deal you got. But you've had the bad news. You need the good news, surely. What's the good news? The good news is that it's coming home. The Lioness is <laughs> currently in action three minutes in against the USA. It's still nil-nil, although the Americans are looking quite potent on the edge of that Lioness box. Steph Houghton having absolutely none of it as ever. Up to, oh, she's just been made. Updates <laughs> for you throughout the show. Good save, Barsley. <sighs> Tell you what, scrambles already in that Lioness's box. The pressure is still on. Headed clear. Ooh. Alex Morgan. Rose. Oh, well, you're not going to win the golden boot like that. That's all I can say. Someone <laughs> sitting behind the goal has just been knocked out. Palace fans knocked out by this AWB news. I saw it and I was. Ju- I thought of you guys immediately. And I felt really bad for you because, firstly, you love him. He's come yeah. through as one of your own. And secondly, there seemed to be a genuine belief amongst the club that he was going to stay. Yeah, I'm I'm really disappointed to be honest with you because it's one of those players I so enjoyed watching and as a defender, you know, you tend to watch out for strikers forwards more than anything, but as a defender I so enjoyed watching him play. Um at such a young age, he was so consistent for us. Um I'm really going to miss him. Um and I really felt that you know, he would you know, at least retain his value or increase his value if he'd stayed and it would be better for him personally um, going forward. To, so do to... you think everyone made the wrong decision to sell him? Not necessarily. I mean, I, I've I've thought really long and hard about this and, and I can see the, the, the reason why he's been sold. Um, you know, there's two examples here of... Uh, where Palace players have gone and it hasn't worked out. The first one was obviously Zaha's first time he went to Man United. That didn't work out for him personally, uh, and he ended up coming back on loan and re-signing. Um, you know, it's he's it, not gonna. He wasn't the the um, big fish in a small pond, and that's going to happen again with Aaron Wan-Bissaka. Then Balassi, you know, he went to Everton for near enough thirty million pounds, and he ended up getting injured, and he hasn't really. Um, Sean in the Everton team and he's now out in Belgium playing his football so you have to say actually you know maybe the manager and the owners are saying well you know perhaps 50 million is good money for him um, 
just one year that he's been in the team. Um, things may not go particularly well for him. I think they will, but they may not go particularly well for him um, because he's going to have to justify the price tag that he's got. He's going to be expected to perform week in, week out, especially for Manchester United. They're not just going to rely on him defensively. They're going to really expect something from him going forward. And I haven't seen enough of Aaron Wan-Bissaka going forward to really value him at, at, to, 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 to be completely sure that he will do a consistently good job for Man United. Is that, I, I think you're absolutely spot on, but is that attacking flair something that we often see come later for fullbacks? Marcelo, for example, at Real Madrid, didn't look that special for quite a while, despite being highly rated. And then at about the age of 25, suddenly went, oh, by the way, I can defend and I'm also Ronaldinho. Exactly. That's the thing. He's only 21 years old, but it really depends on how well United treat him because we've seen at United, it's not the greatest period right now with um, on and off, um, on and off the pitch basically with issues going on so that's what I wouldn't say I'm worried about because I, I'm not really worried about wan from now on as he's not our player but you don't have any loyalty to him because he doesn't have any to you not, it's not like that but it's, no, just, it's fair it's, enough if it yeah, is I, it's, I don't see it like he's just he's not a pious player anymore and it's not like we really had a connection with wan because it, it happened so quick it was like a season it's not like it's a summer romance yeah he's like he was You're a, back he, from holiday he, now if, if Zaha leaves it'll be much different because he's been here from a young age and it's now 26 years old and we've seen great moments but with wan don't get me wrong he's a fantastic footballer but there wasn't a connection off the pitch and I'm not criticising his character because that's just who he was and it was it was such a short but good spell but overall um, I just want to see what United do in terms of developing him because that's where if I had a concern well I'm not concerned it would just be that going forward but once he improves his game which he did show towards the latter half of the season that he you know he has potential to improve there with his crosses and once he, once that is sorted then uh, he'll be a brilliant player and probably be worth around 80 million. A quick update for you from the Lionesses. Still nil-nil in France. After a shaky start, starting to get into this game, Lucy Bronze looking every bit the best player in the world, as Phil Neville claimed. And Nikita Paris is just fantastic on that wing. Updates as we get them. And talking of top-class fullbacks, we're, of course, discussing Aaron Wambasaka. James, is, is he going to play for United? Oh, definitely. I think he's going to play. I mean, you don't spend fifty million on a player and not and leave him on the bench. You um, do if you're Man City. <laughs> well, possibly, yeah. possibly. But I think there is a position for him at Manchester yeah. United. Uh, that's the one key area. Um, what worries me is that you know he, he he might take a bit of time to gel, and and these big clubs they don't really give players time to gel. I mean, look mm. at how he's slotted in. You know what's happening at the England under twenty ones. It's noticeable that, you know, he he hasn't particularly played. His form at club level hasn't really transferred to international level, whether it be England under 21. But he, he's he got to really get off to a good start because he's going to have, you know, 60-odd thousands, was it capacity, 70,000 watching him. Yeah. And he's going to, you know, be expected to perform. And I'm going to be very, very interested watching to see how he does. Some bad news for the Lionesses coming in from France. After they'd grown into the game, it's England nil, USA 1. Kristen Press getting her first goal of the tournament. It's an excellent ball into the back post. Some fairly dodgy defending, you'd have to say, from England. Lucy Bronze getting muddled as to where her woman is. And it's a thumping header back in at the near post past Bardsley. It's England nil, USA 1. A test now of Neville's character, the character of his side. Can they do anything here? Well, you know, this is a massive test for the England girls because we all know that the the US is very, very strong women's football and has been for many, many years. I mean, it's more popular than the men's football out there. And, you know, if they are going to make waves in in football, um, they're going to, they're going to, they will do if they beat the US. Um, So the expectations are that the US would win this. But, you know, never, no, who, who knows? It could be an, an upset. I blame you, Johnny. You said it's coming home. And nine minutes later, they score. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> said, I said it was coming home <laughs> yeah. last summer as well. And look at how that finished. Exactly. I think this is the problem with the Lionesses. This is something that everyone talked about in the build-up to this game. 
we're fantastic going forward, but we're shaky at the back. The positioning looks very poor. They look nervous, and I'm I'm not trying to have a go at them, but I think actually <laughs> some of the responsibility here has to land on Phil Neville's shoulders. Like if you're the manager, if you're the coach, organise this defence. It's not that the players aren't good enough. But then again, you look at the goal they scored, and Phil Neville, what can you do about that? Well, uh, he can number two, teach well, his players it, yeah. to not leave a woman unmarked on the back post. But I, don't, I feel like that's more of an individual mistake yeah. rather than coaching for that goal. But yeah, you do have a point. It, they've been shaky since the start of the game. Um, but it's still early on. I think they can do it. They can flip the switch in a second. Then. England looking particularly dangerous down that right wing. So there is chance for them yet. And hope for you will be giving updates throughout the show. Guys, if you could give a message to Aaron Wambasaka, now you know he's gone, what would it be? Would it be polite? Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. You're, you, we had some good times together. Uh, and all the best in the future. I'm pretty sure when he comes to Selhurst, there'll be a round of applause and people will greet him because he done nothing wrong. He had he has all the right to move on. He, you know, he's not always going to get this opportunity in his career. But what hurts me the most is the fact that he's probably going to go and play for England straight away just because he joined United now. You think it's, it's that yeah, straightforward? Yeah, I feel like with Palace, there's of, of course there was a potential that he would play for England. But r- right now, I feel like his chances has improved ever so much just because it's United and you saw it with Jesse Lingard when he first came into the scene and Zaha was playing well but still Jesse Lingard despite playing only 120 minutes 140 minutes he still got into the squad ahead of Zaha but that's the big club effect yeah he's going to get more recognition that's for sure they always do at the top five clubs but um, you know I'd say good luck to him you can't begrudge a player that's just signed a contract that's going to earn him what five million I mean, that's set him up and his family up for life, whatever happens, yeah. you know, even if he just gets injured on day one. He's earned five million quid plus and he will not ever have to work again. And also we gave him, OK, you can argue that we gave him the opportunity, but technically did we? Because it was due to injuries. And let's say Fossil Mensa and Joel Ward didn't get injured with wan be in the team? Would he be the player that he's right now? Who knows? So it's just, uh, it all happens smoothly. Uh, there's no upset. Well, we're going to talk about Wilfred Zaha, which that doesn't look like it's going to go down smoothly. So, yeah, Wambasaka, I'll give it a thumbs up. Yeah, the I think it's 50-50. I think the, the club were quite happy to let him go and he's mm. happy to go. So, you can't blame anyone, really. Um, I think all round they felt maybe this is a good deal. Personally, I would have rather him stayed. But if you've got a young player that, you know, is ambitious and is a big opportunity and, you know, hey, what happens? You know, he stays at Palace and he ends up getting injured and he'll regret it for the rest of his life. I'm more worried about the Jenkinson talk. Five million about his uh, on his replacement. If we replace him with Carl Jenkinson, honestly, <laughs> like that would upset me more. Yeah, that would be a baffling decision. We're going to discuss potential replacements, not just for Wambasaka, but of course for Zaha as well later in the show. I'm not saying he's going. Let's all take this very, very slowly. But as any of the current Brexit negotiators in the civil service can tell you, it's really helpful if you're prepared for you know major overhaul. So I'm sure Palace are doing that. An update for you from the Lionesses. It's still England nil, USA 1. Carl Jenkinson would get nowhere near this Lionesses team. He'd get nowhere near the Palace team either. But could he be playing with Wilfred Zahar next season for a different club? Don't go anywhere. This is Love Sport. For every young footballer growing up, the dream is to play for the team you support. And we're hearing this week from Wilfred Zaha's brother that the Ivorian international is an Arsenal fan and he'd quite like to play with a cannon on his chest. Gents, you've rejected a £40 million bid, but are you worried? No. In the fact that Arsenal don't have the money to buy Zaha. If it was another team, let's say City then yeah, because realistically I could see that happening. But with Arsenal right now, and even before the Zaha rumours, it was it was always that Arsenal have a £40 million budget, and it seems like it anyways. They offered £40 million when, you, when we put £100 million value on Zaha. So it, I just find it offensive, really. If I was <laughs> Steve Parrish and someone offered me £40 million for Zaha, 
when they know that his value is way higher than that, it's just what's the point? You're just trying to what what are you trying to do? Well, you've only you've only got to look at all the media outlets in today, and everyone is just laughing at Arsenal. Even Arsenal fans, they were they. Well, I don't know about you, Johnny, but some Arsenal fans on social media they were quite embarrassed about it. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand it. Well, I think you're right that Arsenal can't afford to spend eighty million quid on Zaha. That's not up for debate. They've got more than forty million. They've got quite a lot more than forty million. Because if they can get money off the wage bill, which they will, if they can get some money in player sales, which they have, they're yeah. going to spend more than we all think. If they, yeah, that's what, if they sell players, then it's a different situation. But okay. for now, for now, I'm not worried. I'm not stirring the pot here, yeah. and I'm not trying <laughs> to get at you. I genuinely think you should be, because Arsenal are going to spend 25 million on Kieran Tierney. That deal's going to happen. Okay. They're probably going to spend. 25 odd on Yannick Ferreira Carrasco of Dalian Yifang I think that deal's going to happen they're heavily linked with Joachim Anderson and Dennis Price of Sampdoria we're hearing reports in the sun today that they've made an inquiry go on Ellen White she's going to win the golden boot what a woman <laughs> that celebration goal. is still absolutely terrible shameful <laughs> for all glasses wearers ever Alex Morgan up the other, other end of the pitch can wind her neck in she's got five they all came against Thailand Ellen White is a proper striker she's got six in the tournament and the Lionesses have got one against the USA it's it's one all, and she is a battering ram of a centre forward. I absolutely love it. The best thing about Ellen White, apart from the fact that she's going to be the second English person to win a World Cup golden boot in a year, is that every time she scores, she looks surprised. And what a goal that is. The ball flashed across the face of goal. And just as it bounces, she flicks it back towards the far post. That's such a hard finish done with an incredible amount of technical ability every time she scores she looks surprised sign her up sign <laughs> her up get her <laughs> no, off for yeah, exactly yeah that was a brilliant finish um but 10 minutes later they score i told you it's still earlier on let's see what happens lionesses are now well and truly up for it we were asking about the character they've clearly yeah. got it the point we were making about Arsenal before I got a bit overexcited <laughs> is that I don't know how much money they've got I don't know where it's coming from but they've got to have more than they're saying. So do they, they've got to get people off their wages and yeah. sell players, haven't One they? One of them is Carl Jenkinson, by the way. So if you sign yeah. Carl <laughs> Jenkinson, you make it more likely that they yeah. sign Zaha. What what I find funny is that the, the reports were that if Arsenal got into the Champions League, the budget would be considerably higher. Which it and, would have been. Yeah, and one of the reasons why they didn't get in is because of Zaha. Mm. And yeah. so well, there, was, there was a tweet from Charles Watts, who's Gold.com's yeah. Arsenal correspondent yesterday, saying, Wilfred Zaha needs to plan ahead. If he misses that chance against Arsenal, he's probably already an Arsenal player. Um, another thing that uh, uh, where I was looking around and it just came up, was that Arsenal owe 100 million in instalments. Uh, I think that's normal. For Every what? club in transfers, instalments. Okay. Uh, but I feel like that's normal with um, every club. Even us, we owe Sacco's instalments still. But the thing is, what Arsenal offered was 40 million. This is what the reports are saying. 40 million and they pay it over five years. But Palace Ar- won't do that. No, why, ob- why should obviously. Palace do that? And you're spot on, but what if Arsenal aren't making a bid at that point to have it accepted? They're playing a bid to do exactly this. They're on the wind-up. They're turning Wilfred Zaha's head. They're getting the Arsenal-supporting boy going, well, hang on a minute. I want to play for Arsenal. We're hearing reports from Sky Sports that he's now got his heart set on the deal. I don't know whether that's true or not. But they're winding you up. They're winding me up. They're winding Wilf Zaha up. And they're making it more likely that they'll get him for under that Palace asking price. But I want to read you... A tweet from Back of the Nest's own Nick Gillard, which he sent in to me on the Arsenal show last night. He said, derisory bid, annoyed by the Adidas ad. The fact that the lad is in Egypt muddies the waters a bit. His brother should stay shtum. If he goes, I hope there's a bidding war. Second team interested, apparently. If Wilf wants out, he'll have to give a transfer request. It will cost him a few bob. Is this derisory? Are you genuinely offended? Are you angry with Arsenal? Yes, I am angry with Arsenal, but I'm also a bit disappointed, or not with Wilf, but Wilf's camp. The fact that they came out publicly um, and said that, well, it's, this is his dream move. He's spoiled Arsenal. 
uh, since he was a kid and he wants to move there. I feel like I'm a bit disappointed about that. They could have kept that, kept that private. Um, but it just shows that he, he, he's, he's willing to go to Arsenal. Uh, but if another team was involved, I'll still be more worried. I, I just want... Let, next week, we'll probably see if Arsenal sells anyone or what happens. But they need to sell people. And I don't think Palace will sell Zaha last minute as well. I've said this before. I feel like if a bid is going to happen and if Zaha is going to actually leave, it has to be the next week or two, ideally. It's not... I don't... We can't really sell him in deadline day without any replacements. So there's also that. I, I can't see him going at all um, because, you know, he signed a five-year contract at the beginning of last season. And, you know, they must have had a conversation at that point and said, look, you know, if we don't get the right money, I think they did have a conversation. We didn't get the right money. You're staying with us. We're giving you a long-term contract, good wages. Um, you'll only go if the price is right. He's just got to accept that. And, and yeah, he's family might come out with statements and throwing their toys out the pram because you know they like Arsenal and they want to see him perhaps better try and better himself well you know Arsenal are not in the Champions League what are they going to achieve next season they're going to get top four well, that's... Doubt, I'm, I'm not sure they will so you know if we don't he just needs to concentrate on doing a job for Palace um, get back to pre-season training and if someone comes in of a bid of about seventy million, then yeah, we'll start talking. But other than that, just just ignore it. Yeah. Also, another thing that I'm annoyed about is the fact that people always say, "Oh, look, Hazard went for eighty-eight million. Why Zaha's not worth seventy million?" Yeah, it's million. the contract situation. Yeah. Well, it's it, that's not the case because oh. Zaha Zaha is worth around seventy to eighty million to us, not hundred million. Mm. But that, that's another thing that people need to realize that. You don't, the clubs don't put value based on what other players go for, but it depends on how valuable the player is for the actual club. So they need to take that into consideration. You're saying a lot of things such as Zaha needs to get his head down. He needs to ignore it. We don't need to sell him. Mm. I hope that's true. But we live in an age of player power. You're right. He signed a new deal. He's under contract. But in 2019, if his head really does turn... Is there anything Palace can do? Yeah, well, they just say you've got to stay with us. And but, but how often does that work, James? Nowadays, well, it, it, it does. I've seen top players on the bench. I mean, you know, a Palace going to keep Zaha and bench him? I don't think he'll be on the bench. I think he will still perform because he's. I think he's a decent lad, and I think that you know he will still put the effort in. Okay, and but, if anything, it's an incentive for him to play even better next season. To say, look, I justify, you know, justifiably, I should be valued at 70, 80 million, and this is why. So, unless someone bids 80 million, are you saying Wilfred Zahar is staying at Crystal Palace for the duration of this contract? I'd say it's 80 is a top tops. Um, you know, I, perhaps, perhaps less than they might let him go for less because, you know, we're looking at a year on now and another year, and he's getting a little bit older. So you could possibly think, well, you know, maybe the time is right for Palace to rebuild. You know, when Bazaka's gone, that's 50 million. If we get another, would it be about 60, 60 million because of the cut that Man United got to take, whatever it is. So you could say, well, why don't we just do them both? I mean, I wouldn't like it, but it could be that they take the, the money for both of them at the same time and say, well, yeah, this next season is going to be a bit of a rebuilding project. We've got a lot of money now, and we can buy three or four decent players. Um, but no, I, I, I don't think that they're going to let him go unless he gets a reasonable bid in. Do you think Crystal Palace, as a club, have a right to hold Wilfred Zaha back at this point in his career? Yes, because he's under contract till 2023. Simple as that. It's, it's still business at the end of the day. You have to think about it. If Palace do sell him, um, the chances of us getting relegated increases significantly and in a potent, potentially in the future that's going to impact us financially as do, well do really you big. do you agree that if you hold on to him and he wants to go you are holding him back yeah i would say so if i was i'm just putting myself in zaha's position if i was zaha i would want the similar move as well imagine imagine palace being a club like arsenal and actually competing for uh com- trying to compete to get into top four and you're 26 years old, you're in your prime, yeah. It's, it's right that Zaha wants to move on because you saw what happened with Wan-Bissaka. 
both of them Zaza is peak so you should you should be able to move on but you have to think about in business ways as well I mean one one thing we've seen sorry James one thing we've seen with Chelsea recently is Aiden Hazard who've been looking for a move to Real Madrid for quite a while and Chelsea for one year then another year then another year said listen we'll let you have your move just give us another year we need you just for one more could you see the club doing that or arguably have you already done that? Has Wilfred Zaha done his time, well, as it I, were? Well, why would they have signed a new five-year contract last? That doesn't really make sense. Yeah, it protects us to get a decent value for him for when, he, when he's sold. But um, it appears that, you know, the, the long-term view was that Wilf was happy to stay with us. Um, and maybe, you know, he was sold on a plan that Roy Hodgson was going to develop the team and, and, and the team was going to advance and maybe... I think personally it's to do with the Wampasaka sale. Okay. I believe that that has rocked the boat. And he suddenly thought to himself that actually we've now weakened our team. And I felt that this team was going to go forwards, maybe get a new striker in like Batswai, stick with Aaron Wampasaka. And I felt that maybe we would have with Raraman Pazaka and maybe a Batshuayi in the team and maybe another signing, we could have pushed for a very, very good top 10 position. And maybe because we've allowed Aaron Wampazaka, I think that that has a big influence on him getting itchy feet. I f- mm. Yeah, I feel like that Aaron Wampazaka might have influenced him, but it's not the fact that he... he It's not the fact that he left and we're a weaker team now. It's the fact that he's looking at Wampazaka's like, all right, he's moved on. Why can't I move on? Because I'm at my peak as well. It's just a thing that you're selling your be- your best player. So Wampasaka, he's left. So why can't I move on and compete as well in the highest level? I feel like that's what contributed it rather than, oh, we have a weaker team. Because at the end of the day, there's still a chance that we could get back Shawai. Yeah, but we're happy with the price for Wampasaka. I mean, Arsenal have come in and not being funny, but yeah, Zaha's been in the premiership for how many years? Six, seven years? Uh, Aaron Wambazaka has been in it for one season and he's commanded a, a bid of 50 million and Arsenal have come in with 40. I mean, how ridiculous is that? So how much... <laughs> no, for, completely, yeah. completely fair enough. How much do Arsenal have to pay for you to go, I, well, hang on a minute, let's talk? I would say that they need to look at about... I mean, you're looking at the defenders. I mean, you know, you've got the, the Leicester player that's a defender and he's, Maguire, yeah. they're wanting 70 million for him. They rejected it. Yeah, so... I don't think 80 million is, is, is unrealistic. But I feel like because Zaha, if he does actually want to leave, that the value slightly decreases. I feel like it's from 80 to 70, realistically 70 mil. Palace, if you, if you come with 70 million, I could see Zaha leaving. Let's keep it as that. But 80 million, I feel like it is a bit of a push. I don't think Arsenal would be willing to pay 80 mil. What if Palace say 70 million or nothing and Arsenal say... We'll go up to 60, but no higher. They bid 60. Wilfred Zahar, by this point, head spinning 360 degrees, like a spinning top, completely set on that Arsenal move, and Palace say no. Are you fully confident he's going to get his head down and just go, fair enough, we'll do another year at Selhurst Park? <sighs> yeah, because it's not like he's away from... We've all, we, we always talk about family and Zaha, but he's still going to be in London. He's still going to be next to his family. It's not like... Oh, if he moves to Arsenal, he's close to home. He's he's at home right now. This is you know, he, this he, is where he's at. So I don't feel like he would be hugely upset. So. He's he's still only twenty six as well, dear. So, you know, he he he's still got plenty of time on his side. But that I, he can prove to himself. Uh, do you know what? If they're not going to pay sixty million, I'm going to make them regret that, and I'm going to have a season of my life, and I'm going to be worth eighty million, and someone else is going to buy me. What I'm worried about is that with Wambasaka, we were talking about his value increasing, but with Zaha, I feel like his values, like he's at his peak right now, 70 to 80 million. I don't feel like it will increase. And it might be a case that in two seasons, uh, depending on what he does, the value could decrease uh, because he he's going to be 28 years old. And if you look at, because teams do look at stats, if you look at his stats... Is he actually worth eighty million no. for a twenty-eight-year-old? No, not but really. But he is That's to why, Palace, which yeah. is the point that you're making. Yeah, but still, in two seasons, there's that gamble that 
if we don't sell Zaha now, we might actually lose out on some money because his value might decrease. You That's never a good know. point. A quick update for you from England versus USA in the Women's World Cup. You might have heard me groan a moment ago. That's because <laughs> oh. it's not good news. I shouldn't have been rude about Alex Morgan. I'm really sorry, Alex. Please forgive us. She scored. It was a fantastic ball in from the left, a thumping header in. Let's talk about her celebration, though. She appeared to do a sort of sarcastic tea drinking style thing because obviously that's the only thing we do in England apart from obviously (laughs) elect leaders of the country who despite not being great aren't quite as bad as yours I mean the one blessing of this if England go out to the USA is that we're going to see the mother of all fights between the national team and Donald Trump which I for one am absolutely here for but make no mistake Lioness is still very much in this a rasping drive from distance almost equalised straight away this game is far from over updates throughout the show and similarly this transfer saga for Wilfred Zahar I worry is far from (laughs) over as well gents I've got to press you is he going I think he will I don't think so you're both saying no I said this for Wamsaka as well (laughs) Uh, if Arsenal have got the money I think he'll go yeah, if he's got, but right now, here's, 70 million. Here's one go. to make you re- <laughs> make me really popular in the studio and with yeah. our listeners. I think he'll go to Arsenal and I think he'll go for less than 60 million oh, English no, pounds. No Am I talking rubbish? <laughs> Get on. in touch. 0208 wow. 70 20 558. I'm certainly not popular, but one man who is, is our upcoming legend of the week. Don't go anywhere. 
and he was a friend noticed him he was on a, a white mountain bike and he was down near forest hill or catford and uh someone said that's ian right and i said is it i had no idea get him off said, that mountain no, bike keep his legs safe <laughs> at the time he was banned from driving so he was oh, wow. he was on a mountain bike and he was at a cash machine so he we egged each other on and went up to him and said, hello, mate, are you Ian Wright? Can you imagine David <laughs> And it Beckham? was it, it was him. And uh, he was a lovely, he was lovely, a lovely guy at, at that time. And I'm sure he is now, but, but yeah, he had a little chat with him and uh, how things going. He was, he was very nice, but I've met him a couple of times since um, the training grounds, always found him um, friendly and approachable. Um, used the same physio that he's used in the local area. Um, and, you know, even though Arsenal had a very, very top physio at the time, he still went back to his old physio where I live. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I know some people, I know you're going to go on about this kiss the badge thing. Yeah, what is that about? So I don't. Nick, Nick, we need Nick to tell us what all that's about. But it, it, it's... Uh, he kissed the Arsenal badge. I when think. he was playing for him. Yeah. Well, I mean, Quite who possibly doesn't? Possibly against Palace. But, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. But also, some, it seems like something actually happened uh, beforehand. That's why did someone go to his house or something, or to his mom's house? There was a story like that. Well, from what I wasn't there, the linebacker. But that's what I saw. That's what I saw. <laughs> I was wasn't at his mum's house yeah, either, just exactly. to confirm. No one in <laughs> the studio. <laughs> I've got funny. Was it Nick's house? Because he's yeah, yeah. Got, he, he knows everything about it. If you're listening, just have a word with Nick Gard of back of the nest. No, don't really. He's a very nice man. What's the attitude? to write amongst the Palace fan base because obviously as you say fantastic for you fantastic for Arsenal do people respect him despite the fact that he left the club I, I think so of my my era I mean I don't know what Nick thinks but I mean I personally was was, was a great fan of his um, and I so enjoyed the way he just suddenly sort of got thrown in at the deep end and just started scoring goals for fun and, uh, and he built the partnership up with Mark, Mark Brighton we were absolutely a force. I mean, I know we were talking about it last week because a lot of it's down to the, the manager, Steve Koppel. But, but you know, him, you just put the ball in, in front of him, in front of goal and, you know, not just in the area, but outside the area. And, and he would always be so clinical. Um, fantastic player. Really enjoyed watching him. The bright and the, the right and bright uh, duo. Do you think is our greatest duo of all time. I can't think of any other really. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think of that? Yeah, as a four-four-two system, that definitely for me it was uh, the the best uh, partnership. Yeah. Hmm. What about um, in terms of his actually like his playing style? Because I couldn't wa- watch him live, but of course I've seen clips of him. But what, yeah, what was his what was his strengths and what, what about his weaknesses? Because I haven't seen any weakness of in right. All you see is goals. Well, that's that's yeah. what happens when you watch highlights. I suppose so. the weakness would be his height, but then he had Mark Bright, so Mark Bright would always, you know, be the one that was the target guy. But uh, yeah, so so height wise, it's probably you'd, you'd not see him win many headers or flick them on, but he didn't need to because the the systems that teams were playing in those days were pretty much four four two. Um, so you know, but strengths were, you know, he was exceptionally quick with his feet and turning with the ball and. Uh, clinical in front of goal, uh, very skillful. I mean, I remember him coming off the bench at Wembley and turning Gary Pallister inside out and he'd literally broken his wet leg or ankle six weeks before. He was that good. Um, but um, his enthusiasm was amazing. I mean, he, he was so pumped up for every game and he used to had a great rapport with fans, a great rapport. But I guess you'll be, I, I, imagine, I'm trying to imagine myself being in a non-league club and being signed to Crystal Palace. And every day you have to take it like that, I guess. It's just one of them things yeah, where... Yeah, it's, it's a dream come true for him. That's, yeah, it's just crazy on how we actually started in the first place. Yeah, and it's crazy that at that age he was, you know, that he was a late comer to the professional game. I mean, he played in Sunday league football. I mean, a couple of guys I used to play with uh, we played in the same league as the, his Sunday league team, Ten and B, and uh, they remember him. The guys I played with that scoring a hat trick from midfield. I mean, he was no, sorry, five <laughs> goals in midfield. I think. Five goals. Yeah, yeah exactly. Good, but then but you should, on... shouldn't you? I mean, if you're if you're good enough, taking nothing away from me and right, if you're good enough to play for England, yeah, I would like to think that if you played Sunday league, you yeah. would score a few. But yeah. can you imagine? Oh, I, I don't see that happening nowadays. Though. Well, I mean, I can argue I've Vardy... played in football teams who've conceded five goals to men who can barely run. So. <laughs> Like, I exactly. would expect Ian Wright to do the business at that level. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, that's why he was spotted so early and he ended up, uh, I think his team got to um, a Sunday League Cup final and then uh, Dulwich asked him along for a trial or whatever and then he was spotted straight away. And in fact, over that summer, he didn't, pursued Dulwich Hamlet he didn't sign for them I think Coppel said hey hold on a second yeah. <laughs> we're having him and um, went to Palace and then the rest is history were you slightly annoyed and I bring this up partly because Nick Gellard mentioned it in his tweet were you annoyed or perhaps concerned to see Ian Wright in that Arsenal video advertising the new kit you've got a very prominent former Palace player talking about what it is to be Arsenal in a week where Palace's current star man comes out and says well I'm an Arsenal fan. I wasn't around back then, of course, but if you're actually looking at it now, Ian Wright he seems more connected to Arsenal than Palace. So yeah. I'm not I'm not annoyed. It's just what it is. And uh, as James mentioned, he's actually got more appearances for Palace, but it, it's just the way it turned out to be at Arsenal. I, I don't know about you. What do you think of it? Yeah, you know, he's got 220-odd games for Palace and 220-odd games for Arsenal. So he probably has a, a same affection for each club. I don't think so. I honestly think he has more affection for Arsenal. That's what it seems like anyway. So it, with Ian Wright, if, yeah, he does like, appreciate us, but with Arsenal, he's just he seems he's more involved with the club than he is with Palace. Well, and I feel like that's why some fans are actually frustrated along, you know, with the kissing of the badge and really not associating himself much with Palace. That's well, he certainly, you know, his, his personal career-wise, he's he's won more medals and uh, and done better with Arsenal for obvious yeah. reasons. So he's got more to shout about playing for Arsenal. He did for Palace, but I've seen him enough times, you know, come back to Palace and uh, talk about Palace, and he still has very very fond words yeah. to say and good memories. From a Palace point of view, what was the best goal that you remember Ian Wright scoring in a Palace shirt? Uh, yeah, probably for the stage, it was probably that, that one at Wembley, which was against, yeah, Manchester United. Um, but yeah, he, he scored so many. Um, but yeah, that was, that was great. That was. Mm. I'd, personally, I'd, I didn't get to watch him, so <laughs> I'll be lying if I had said that I had a favourite. Of course, I've seen, as I've said, I've seen the clips and highlights, and that's the one that came into my mind, really. Yeah. Oh, was it? But, yeah, that's the, that it, because when I search when you think of right, I straight away think of right and bright duo, mm. and the Wembley mm. that that goes in the goal he scored at Wembley was it? I'm re- he's how many did he score? One or two? Uh, two, I think. Was, was it two? two because I remember thing. something like a chip mm. kind of goal. Yeah, mm. that's the that's the thing I think about straight away. Well, he was a scorer of fantastic goals for Crystal Palace. And that is why Ian Wright is this week's Legend of the Week. This is Love Sport. It's the Palace Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. And gents, you've been subjected to a lot of transfer chat in terms of players leaving Palace. But let's think more positively who could come in as replacements. We're going to start with Aaron Wambasaka, of course, the only star currently to have gone. You need a right back. You've nominally got 50 million quid to play with. Who are you going for? Um... Maybe well, Nathaniel, Nathaniel Klein is a name that's been yeah, mentioned, but I, I don't know how you the, feel about that. No, he's the wrong end of 20s for me. Mm. I don't want us to go and buy a proven fullback that's going to cost us a lot of money and he's going to be towards the end of his you know, football but, career. Wasn't it 15 million that I've suggested something like that? 15 million is yeah. really... Well, it's going to it, be high wages though. And yeah. Bournemouth, I tell you what, Bournemouth fans haven't been particularly uh, that fond of him, to be he honest. He wasn't that good. No, exactly. He really wasn't. He didn't play that much. I would rather take a punt on somebody, you know, if we're going to spend 15, 20 million, you know, maybe look at somebody um, from the championship. Are we looking at Max Ahrens of Norwich? Yeah, but I, I know we spoke about it the other week, um, you know, maybe 10 million. I don't know what they'd sell him for. They wouldn't 20, sell him for yeah. 10. No, 20 no. to 25 yeah. million. And I don't know if we're <laughs> willing to spend that much for a fullback yeah. because, yes, it, the position, of course, matters because right now we've got Joe Wood who who can't defend, um, well, defend crosses especially. 
and who's is liability going forward as well. So we need a replacement. You're really 100%. keen on him. No, I don't, no. I, I, I've got a different memory of Wardy. Than, I, I, yeah. I, Maybe I, that was just... I, I used to love Joe Ward, but I've just, I don't think I'm right back. I'll first is that on right basis back. on this season when he's had to come in? Or? From what I've seen this season and the limited games he's played last season as well. I think the problem is, is that Wardy, like most players, are really good when they're the regular first team player when they're in and out of the team some players suffer from that some players do come on and they're impact players and they do really well but I think Wardy you start him off on day one first Saturday of the season and he knows that's his spot I think you'll get a decent game out of him most weeks because that's that's the memories I've got of him I just see him as a potential future uh, centre-back rather than a right-back I just don't see I I don't think he's got the legs for it really to play right-back and also let's say he does start for us we still need someone else we saw what happened with Van Aanholt it's just once you don't have depth it it can influence a player so we've got Kelly that can play right-back England international but it's just going forward. I, I feel like how? Yeah. Sorry. I, said that, I tried to say it about laughing. Say it quietly. Just, yeah. just, just <laughs> <My in>, England, <clears throat> England international. Sorry. But how? There are some of these players where you just think I might as well be an England international. Wait, how does this happen? Did he get selected whilst he was with Liverpool? Yes, I oh, think so. Yeah. He, he he got a cap as a sort of promising young right back. Exactly. But Jake Livermore's got about eight England caps. I yeah. Took to it. be fair, he played with Why? West Brom as well. So I don't know. It just happens. It's just one of them. I'm pretty sure there's weirder players. Yes, I've got yeah, there, there, <laughs> will, there will be. It. And I, yeah. I shouldn't be so unkind. He's certainly much better <laughs> than me. The yeah. <laughs> one name that came up earlier was Carl Jenkinson because yeah. Palace are being linked with a £5 million move for the Arsenal right back to replace AWB. You're not keen on that? Not really. I just... You, if you're going to get someone, don't get someone that's similar to Joe Ward. It just feels like you're getting enough of Joel Ward, and uh, it makes sense. <laughs> I actually would rather have Joel Ward, and that's worrying. And that's worrying. If I'm saying that Joel Ward is not capable enough, you, you're bringing in Carl Jenkinson, and you're actually spending money on him. Well, Arsenal Twitter was talking a lot about Carl Jenkinson potentially going to Palace and going, listen, we can give them 40 million for Zaha <laughs> or we can give them 50 million and Jenkinson. Jenkinson. Yeah, exactly. And it's pretty much the exactly. same value. Exactly. That's my thing. That's my point. Um, whereas with Max Ahrens, of course, he's he's got areas of improvement um, in terms of defending, but going forward, he's still... He's very good going forward. So as a fullback in the Premier League nowadays, you need to be really good on one side, either going forward or either defending. And just Carl Jenkinson, what is he good at? He's not good at going forward. Is he good at defending? Not I feel like really. this is the point where some aging singer should shout absolutely nothing. Exactly. <laughs> and there's no there's no point spending money on him, honestly. I just don't see, what's the point? Just keep Joel Ward and play keep the Keep Joel Ward and redirect the funds to other positions. Yeah, we, we need. need other positions such as striker. I'd yeah. rather spend on a striker or another winger. I'm not too sure. Defend, in terms of right back, we do need a replacement, but if it's Carl Jenkinson, no point even trying. If Crystal Palace sell Aaron Wambisaka, which they have done, yep. and if they go on to sell Wilf Zaha as well, and you don't replace them adequately, do you get relegated? Yeah. <laughs> it's simple as you just. <laughs> is it that straightforward? Yeah, yeah. You just looked at. Uh, I looked at our strikers um, the other day, and we have Benteke, Connor Wickham, and Serloff as our strikers. I mean, Wickham, he doesn't play. Serloff, God knows what's happening with him. And Benteke, that's it. Like, we have nothing going forward. And I know Zaha's not a striker, but even if you look out wide, who do so you have Andros Townsend and Max Meyer, I guess, would take over. It's just, I don't think it's good enough. I think that's another reason why they just can't let Zaha go that easily because it isn't just the player, it is the team that's going to yeah. suffer. And unless they say, right, this sale is on condition that we get Batch Y or whoever then fair enough. But uh, yeah, I think it's not just the money. I think it's conditional sale mm. that says we will sell Zaha, but they have to have someone else lined up as well. If you went, if you did sell Zaha, how would you approach it with that money? Assuming you got at least a chunk of it to reinvest, would you go for one like-for-like star or would you try and strengthen the whole team? See, that's the difference between selling Zaha and Wan-Bissaka because even though we've got 15 million for Wan-Bissaka, 
the club has made a loss in the previous two seasons, I believe. So some of that money has gone to that, of course. Um, it's not like we can just keep the 50 million and reinvest it. Whereas if he sells Zaha, he's one of the top earners at the club and our issues, as you know, has been with wages. So it allows us to actually rebuild the squad in a better way than selling Wan-Bissaka. Is it possible, DR, that selling Zaha could be a blessing in disguise? You get ah. him off the wage bill, you can bring in two or three players to replace him. Could you have a stronger overall team without the one star? But the opportunity you've got is that if we all know pretty much what Zaha's on, but you could, in effect, have two or three players that are pretty much on loan. So it's not costing you anything. That's just Zaha's wages. And then you've got the Zaha money and you've got the Aaron Wan-Bissaka money. So it does free up a lot more money um, and it will be a rebuilding exercise. But there is, yeah, potentially we could we could do well out of it. I, I prefer quality over quantity as well. Yeah. Because we've when we got promoted, we brought in like 12 new players and half of them we didn't, we didn't even see. So we don't want to go in that path again. One thing we've discussed a lot on this show is whether Roy Hodgson is the right man to take Palace forward. There have been disagreements yeah. at various points. It seems likely or almost certain he'll be around this year and mm. quite possibly only for this year. Is there any part of you that worries about giving a large, large chunk of potential investment to a manager who's very unlikely to be at the club in more than 18 months' time? Not really, because we've got director of football who deals with transfers as well it's not just Roy of course Roy will have a say in transfers but I'm not as worried um, I don't think the club will be that dumb to just <laughs> playing out say Roy you can just pick the players and we, we'll do whatever because the club need to have a say as well the, if, I don't see the future with Roy Hodgson I could see him retiring at the end of the upcoming season so yeah I, I trust the club not to give that much power to Roy Hodgson but of course he deserves a bit of power yeah, we've tended to go more for the short-term contracts and a lot of loan players recently. So perhaps we would just pursue that road for the next season or so. And then we, we have a, a, a plan B for you know when Roy's about to retire. Mm. Well, in a week where Aaron Wambasaka has left the club, the hope for Palace fans has to be that Wilfred Zaha will stick around. But Arsenal are prowling, and certainly one member of the Zaha family, his brother, seems to want that move to happen. You'll have to join us next week on the Crystal Palace Fan Show, and we'll find out, is he still a Palace player? See you then. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.